Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Giants of the Faith podcast. This episode is a bit of a bonus because I didn't intend to give today's subject the full episode treatment, but after a last minute change of mind, here we are with a short episode focusing on Mordecai Ham, the Kentuckian evangelist who would be the penultimate link in our chain of faith leading up to Billy Graham. Ham was a fundamentalist Baptist, not the kind of guy I would normally want to feature, and frankly, not the kind of guy I have a ton of respect for. He was, perhaps, anti-Semitic, certainly racist, anti-Catholic, and prone to all the worst leanings you can imagine of an IFB leader. But he played a part in this chain of faith, so here we are. I present to you this biography of Ham, not because of who he was, but more because of the part that he played in our story. Mordecai Fowler Ham Jr. was born on April 2nd, 1877, in Scottsville, Kentucky. He came from a long line of preachers, dating back eight generations, and his grandfather, Mordecai Ham Sr., was a Baptist minister who managed to handle 14 pastorates at one time. His father, Tobias Ham, was also a preacher and a farmer. Mordecai was converted as a teenager and he felt the call to preach, but at first he resisted. He wanted to make his fortune in business before entering the ministry. And when he reached of age, he enrolled at Ogden College in Bowling Green, Kentucky. There he studied law, but he was too young to sit for the bar. So eventually he became a successful grocery salesman and real estate agent. However, everything changed for him when he witnessed his grandfather's death in 1899. He later said that seeing him die convinced him of the reality of the Christian experience. He decided to give up his business career and he dedicated his life to the preaching of the gospel. He married Bessie Simmons in 1900 and borrowed some money from a bank to start his ministry. He spent two years studying the Bible and preparing himself for evangelism, and he first began preaching in small towns and rural areas in 1901, often setting up tents or tabernacles like we discussed before for his meetings. He soon gained a reputation for being a fiery and fearless preacher who denounced sin and called people to repentance. He also advocated for social reform and for temperance, opposing alcohol, tobacco, gambling, dancing, and other so-called vices. He was not afraid to confront the powerful and people he considered corrupt, often exposing what he saw as the evils of political machines, secret societies, and religious apostasy. On the other side, he was often heckled, threatened, sued, run out of town by newspapers, and even physically attacked by mobs. He once said that he had been shot at 17 times during his ministry. In December 1905, Bessie died from cerebral meningitis. Ham threw himself into his work and took an overseas evangelism tour to occupy himself and to mollify his grief. In 1908, he got married again, this time to Anna Smith, and the couple had three daughters. Ham did definitely have a heart for international missions, and he supported various missionary endeavors around the world. He also traveled to several countries, including China, Japan, India, Korea, Palestine, Egypt, and all over Europe, preaching the gospel and encouraging missionaries. In 1927, he and his family settled down and took the position of pastor at First Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. His pastoral career didn't last very long, however, because by 1929 he'd given it up and returned full-time to evangelism. From 29 to 41, he held over 60 evangelism meetings across 14 states. 
His most notable achievement, and where he intersects with our story, was his role in leading Billy Graham to Christ. In 1934, city leaders in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Graham lived as a teenager, wanted to hold a revival. They invited Billy Sunday, he'd been there before, but Sunday had another engagement, so Sunday recommended that Ham go in his place. And so, on November 1st, 1934, Billy Graham, who had gone to see Sunday before, attended Ham's meetings after being persuaded by a friend to go. He joined the choir to avoid Ham's piercing gaze, but he could not escape the conviction that came with Ham's message. Ham preached on sin, judgment, hell, and salvation through Christ alone. He also sought to expose the moral corruption of Charlotte and denounce some prominent figures for their involvement in illicit activities. He stirred up controversy and he aroused curiosity among the people of the town. And as an aside, this is exactly the kind of preaching that I don't like from people like Ham. The gospel of Jesus Christ is enough, and there's no need for theatrics or embellishment. Anyway, aside over. Uh, Graham was deeply moved by Ham's message, and he felt God speaking to his heart. He responded to Ham's invitation and went forward and pronounced Christ as his Savior. That decision changed his life forever, and set him on the path to becoming one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Ham recognized Graham's potential and encouraged him to pursue God's call for his life. He also mentored him and introduced him to several other influential Christian leaders who helped Graham grow in his faith and ministry. In 1935, Ham was awarded an honorary doctorate of divinity from Bob Jones University. Ham was also one of the pioneers of radio evangelism in America. In 1936, he began broadcasting his sermons on a network of over 50 stations, reaching into seven southern states. He also published several books and pamphlets on various topics related to Christian doctrine and practice, and some of them are quite controversial. Ham continued his evangelistic work until shortly before his death. He died on November 1, 1961 in Louisville, Kentucky, exactly 27 years after Graham's conversion. Ham was certainly not perfect, he had his flaws and his weaknesses, he made many mistakes, and he faced criticism for them, but he was faithful to God's word and God's work as he understood them. He once said, I'm not interested in being popular or famous or rich or anything else that men think is important. I'm only interested in being faithful. I'm always torn when confronted by someone like Mordecai Ham. He was not a model Christian, as I see it. He was given to legalism, racism, and ignorance. He believed that the people of the British Isles were the true descendants of the ten lost tribes of Israel and other nutcase conspiracy theories like that. He's the kind of guy we don't like to remember, we certainly don't like to feature, but at the same time he was on the ground doing real work to spread the gospel. And it was at one of his meetings that Billy Graham finally submitted to the Lord, and then through Graham's ministry millions upon millions of people heard the name of Jesus. So, I look at it like this. All truth is God's truth. And even if a knucklehead embarrassment like Mordecai Ham is the one doing the preaching, the Holy Spirit is the one ultimately doing the work. And if that's how God's ordered it, that's enough for me. Alright, well thank you very much for listening. Until next time, when we finally get to Billy Graham, God bless. 